Burns and Gambo. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. The make-or-break plays from yesterday's eight-point loss by the Cardinals to the Vikings. Of course, a lot more break than make, but that's how it goes when you're three and five and you're the Arizona Cardinals. Let's run through the top plays of yesterday's game, starting with the very first possession of the game for the Minnesota Vikings, marching right on down the field, the Vikings did, and it culminated with a Kirk Cousins rushing touchdown. Snap to Cousins, three-step drop, looking, steps up, near side, taking off, being chased at the 20, near side, 15, 10, 5, Cousins dives and is into the end zone for the touchdown. It looked like the Cardinals assumed that Kirk Cousins, as he started to run laterally to his right, was going to throw the ball. They slowed down. Cousins then turned it upfield, and it's a touchdown for Minnesota. Pathetic. Allen and Golden look slow. Like, Kirk Cousins isn't fast. He's not fast. It looked like they almost tripped each other up, right? Like they got in each other's way. Hey, how does Zach Allen or Marcus Golden not get to him? I don't get I that. I don't know. I don't know how that I don't Come know how on. happens either. But seven nothing. Seven nothing early to start the game. Cardinals would respond in the fashion in which the Cardinals respond to these things in the first quarter of these games with a field goal. Forty four yard field goal by Matt Prater. The Cardinals trail seven to three at that point. Of course, during that drive, the Cardinals already had to call a timeout. Timeout one. Yes, that's game. that's right. Yeah, on a third and seven. They decided to call to timeout. Next possession. They negated a sack, right? We thought there was a sack there. Yeah. Next possession, the Vikings would get the ball back. The Cardinals would be forced to call another timeout, this time on defense before a fourth and one. At least it paid off with a fourth and one stop by the Cards. Snap to Cousins. He's going to throw. Drops back to pass. Looking now throwing near side incomplete, going for Thielen. Good job by the Cardinals covering downfield, and the Cards take over on downs with 3.09 to go in the first. Yeah, Marco Wilson on the coverage. Good coverage there on Thielen on that fourth and one after the second timeout. 3.13 left in the first quarter. They were able to, to get the ball back. Cardinals would punt, though, and not, a, to, not able to make anything out of it. Vikings, their first possession now of the second quarter. Once again, marching down the field. Cook, 19. Cook, 11. Alexander Madison, plus 15. It culminated on this one-yard touchdown reception by Johnny Munt. Cousins who takes, and back to throw fakes, throws right side wide open to the end zone. The tight end, Munt, caught for a touchdown. Boy, they fake the handoff, they fake the jet sweep, and then Munt just sneaks out into the end zone uncovered for an easy pitch and catch touchdown. Yeah, like double play action, right? I mean, fake handoff, fake handoff, throw it to a guy, first career touchdown catch, nine plays, 83 yards down the field, and they were up 14-3, and the Cardinals dug themselves another hole. Yep, they did. After the two teams exchange punts, the Cardinals get the ball back. Now they start cooking a little bit on offense. Kyler's running. He's finding DeAndre Hopkins and it ended with one of the best touchdown catches of the year for the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins one hand in the end zone. Snap to Murray. Short set. Throws left side in the end zone. One-handed catch for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Oh my goodness. He stabbed that out of the air with his left hand. Pulled it in for a a huge Cardinal score. I might be the only guy in the league you could throw that ball to and have it caught. Because like the, the throw is like, you know, you, 
It, it was so, the coverage was so tight, you wouldn't think a quarterback would throw that ball. Yeah, did you see the pregame warm-ups? He was basically doing the same thing in pregame warm-ups. catching everything Just in one-handed, one hand. one-handed catches, yeah. Cardinals, at that point, trail the game 14-10. to 10. Vikings would march down the field at the end of the half, lining up for a field goal. Lecky Foto. 56-yard try. Joseph, the kicker, is ready. Snap is good. Ball is down. The kick is up. It's blocked. It's blocked. And that's at the end of the first half. The Cardinals with a huge block to keep it a four-point deficit. Is that considered a block when the ball hits your face mask? It is. That's a block? It is. You know, you just kind of stood there and let it happen to you. But, yeah, that that counts as a block field goal for Lucky Foe, too. That wasn't Matt Amendola kicking on the other end. No, it wasn't. We go into the second half. The two teams would exchange punts to start the half. That included the Cardinals' possession. The two straight holding calls on rookie tight end Trey McBride. Nothing like having a first and 27. Yeah, that's 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 manageable. That's That's something you're going to do with it. Uh, When the Cardinals get the ball back after the Vikings punt. Then the Cardinals made some things happen offensively. This gorgeous throw and catch from Kyler to DeAndre Hopkins for 33 yards. Two receivers right. Hopkins to the left. Shotgun snap to Murray. Play fix. Sets up in the pocket. Fires left side. Hopkins open. Fakes the grab inside the 15 at the 10 and out of bounds inside the 10 at the 8-yard line. What a throw by Murray and a catch by Hopkins and a gain of 32. One of my favorite plays. That was an unbelievable play right down the sideline. I thought when he caught it, like, he might get in. You know, but he was able to get knocked out at the eight-yard line, which set up the touchdown. Snap to Murray. Quick throw to the left side. And it's caught by Ertz. Broken tackle at the 10 to the 5. Diving for the pylon. He stuck the ball out. Hit the pylon. Did he step out of bounds first? We're waiting for a signal from the official. They haven't said yet. It's a touchdown. He got the ball out. His body was out of bounds in the air, but he stuck the ball out, hit the pylon, which means you're inbounds, and it's a touchdown, and the Cardinals have the lead. I didn't think it was a touchdown. And then they showed the replay. I'm like, I think they kind of simultaneously hit. That's a touchdown. Yeah, foot and the ball to the pylon looked like it happened at the same time. Cardinals at this point now have the lead 17-14. to 14. It would not last. Five seconds. Maybe a the most frustrating part of the Cardinals' defensive effort yesterday was this drive that resulted in the Alexander Madison seven-yard touchdown run. Thielen motions left to right, and it's a handoff. Madison up the middle to the five, driving towards the end zone, and in. Touchdown, Minnesota. Just like that, the Vikings retake the lead with 5.47 to go in the third quarter. He's a bowlet guy. He's like a, he ran over Neiman. He just ran him over. That's a big, strong running back right there. Yep, 21-17, Minnesota has a lead. Next possession for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray hasn't made a lot of these mistakes this year. Boy, he made a big one to Harrison Smith here. Snap to Murray. Drops back to the goal line. In trouble. Just hoists it deep. Middle of the field. Got a man. But it's underthrown and picked off by Harrison Smith at the 40. Running left to the 35. And then he's tackled at the 31. Kyler Murray with a desperation throw. Robbie Anderson was open, but it was well underthrown and picked off. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it was. It was underthrown. It was pressure from, I think it was Tonga that was coming up the middle. And he wasn't able to really plan to get that throw down there. And it was way, way underthrown. And it gave the Vikings the ball at the Cardinals' 30-yard line. Yep, and it led quickly to this from Dalvin Cook. Cook in the backfield. Cousins takes the snap. Gives to Cook. Up the middle. He's into the end zone for the touchdown. 
That's what great teams do. Face a little adversity, and they bounce back with 14 points in about four minutes. And now they're up 27 to 17 over the Cardinals with 4:07 to go in the third. Well, only four plays. I mean, you basically just gave him seven points right there. Your turnover led to a touchdown, and they're on top by uh, by two scores. Cardinals would fight to get back into this thing, and their next possession, it was the Rondell Moore possession. He already had a 27-yard catch earlier in the possession, and then this 38-yard touchdown with Patrick Peterson hanging on for dear life. Takes the snap, drops back to pass, looks right, throws right. Moore caught at 30, turns right, 25-20. Moore breaks a tackle to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! There's the explosive play. From Rondale Moore, we have been waiting for. I, I I do like the kid. I think he's got a chance. Now that now that he's proven himself, right? He's starting to prove himself. I think there'll be a lot more involved in the offense for him going forward. Missed two point conversion. Cardinals are down 28-23 at this point. Right before the third quarter comes to an end, Isaiah Simmons, what a play! Shotgun snap to Cousins, straight drop back in trouble. Hit ball is fumbled. Isaiah Simmons chopped it out, and Isaiah Simmons recovers. What a play. Two plays by Isaiah Simmons. He strips the ball, and then he recovers it big time by the former top 10 pick. Listen, he's playing great, okay? You may not like some of the cover. He he can't cover Jefferson down the field, but nobody can. No linebacker can. But he, game in and game out, he is making some big-time plays. He also made a huge stop later in the game on a third and eight that he made a great tackle on. Short field for the Arizona Cardinals. You're thinking touchdown. You're thinking take the lead. They had to settle for a field goal because on third and eight from the 11-yard line, after already calling a timeout, they're still rushed to get the playoff, and this happens. Snap to Murray. Wasn't ready for it. He falls on the ball. It hit Murray, then hit the ground. Tyler falls on it. Cliff looks disgusted on the far sideline. Kyler clearly was not ready for for that snap from Billy Price. Again, don't know if that's on Price, don't know if that's on Murray, but that just can't happen on third down. Off a timeout. Off the timeout. Timeout. Right, off the timeout. You don't know what to to do. Playoff off a timeout. One of the linemen kept looking, I think the left guard just kept looking back, like, what's going on? I get no idea what was going on. 34 yard field goal, Cardinals down to 28 26 at this point. They would force a Vikings punt, and just when you think the Cardinals might have an opportunity to to get back into this thing again. Another mistake. Dorch is under it, and he muffs the punt at the 25-yard line. And I think Minnesota's got it. They haven't signaled yet, but Dorch didn't have it. The Vikings do. Minnesota ball. Greg Dorch muffing a punt. Minnesota gets the ball at the Cardinals' 25-yard line. Didn't take them long to get some more points. Snap to Cousins. Going to throw. Looks near side. Throws near side in the end zone. And it's pulled in for a touchdown by Osborne. And boy, Jalen Thompson had good coverage. But that throw was on the money. And the Vikings lead it 34-26 with 8.36 to go in the game. And Minnesota capitalized. 5-5 five five in the red zone. They capitalized every time the Cardinals made a big mistake. Turned the ball over. They scored. Yep. Cardinals down 8 at this point. We'll get the ball back. Kyler intercepted for the second time by Cameron Bynum. But the Vikings, when getting the ball back, would punt J.J. Watt with a sack on third down. So the Cardinals get the ball back with another chance to get back in this game. Fourth and four. Eno Benjamin, the three-yard reception. They snap the ball. Murray back to pass. Throws over the middle. It is caught. And it's close to a first down at the 40. We'll see where they spot it. It was caught by Eno Benjamin. 
I thought Cliff called timeout. They say no. They ran the play. I think he's short of the line to gain, and it will be Minnesota ball. I think Cliff may petition the league for more timeouts. Can we get five, six and a half? Like, three's not enough for me. I need more timeouts. First of all, I hate when you run patterns on, on like, fourth and four and you run a three-yard pattern. I mean, you got to get behind the first down marker. You have to. And then the other thing is that's where you got to go to DeAndre Hopkins. That's where you got to go to hop right there. Or run Kyler Murray because you had three opportunities with four yards to gain and not one time did they call Kyler Murray's number to run. So Vikings take over. They would punt again. Cardinals one last opportunity with the ball. Back-to-back sacks to end the game. Hurry back to pass. Looking. Bouncing around. Steps up. Stumbles and sacked. That's going to be the game. Sacked at midfield by Harrison Phillips. And the game is over. The Cardinals lose 34-26. to i got to get myself one of those horns. <laughs> i got to get myself a Vikings horn. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Kyler Murray, how do we feel about the job he did yesterday? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Hurry back to pass from the pocket. Throws deep middle. It's behind the target, and it's picked off. Intercepted at the 30-yard line on the far side. Returning it to the 35 and tackled at the 36-yard line. Cameron Bynum was waiting. The ball was thrown behind the intended receiver. It was tipped and into the arms of Bynum. That was the second of the two interceptions. Gotta get myself one of those. What is that, Mitch? It's a. It's technically, I believe, a bugle. Is a the bugle? type of horn that it is. But it's like the Viking horn, right? Yeah. Company B, bugle boy. I mean, Company yeah, capital B. B. You, you you watched all the Viking shows, right? Oh, I is did. That, that giant man. I gotta get myself one of those. I want a bugle. That is an awesome sound. It's just an awesome sound. That and then the pregame skull. It's one of the that most was chilling. Cool. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's an old Vikings reference thing when they used to drink. They'd yeah. say skull. That's that's pretty good. I that's... want the damn bugle. Tell you, that's a place to go win a football game. Uh, we'll see if we can get you a yeah, Viking bugle. So the they would, so now the streak continues, right? They haven't won there since Jim Hart was the quarterback in what year was that? Uh, seventy seven. Nineteen seventy seven. They still haven't won there. You since were a 19, young man uh, then, Gambo. I was. I was like eleven. <laughs> I was eleven <laughs> years were, old. You were a young man. I was eleven. You hadn't even. You hadn't even committed. Hadn't even your first crime yet as a member I, of the mafia. <laughs> not you know you you hadn't no, even done I something went, illegal yet as I a had, member of the mafia. I you were still a, some stuff. A relatively innocent young lad at that point before you got spoiled by all your mafia exposure. I sorry, I'm a. Well, you know, I mean, I'm a, a, a immigrant and I'm an uh, immigrant son. It's it's you know you've you've acknowledged it many times. It's I've made up for it. Look for at me. I'm a I'm a clean, decent citizen now. <laughs> I am. You, I am. I've repented. No, really, I swear, I I've am. Repented. I am. How do we feel about Kyler Murray's game yesterday? Yeah, I. You know what? I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel about Kyler Murray's game. I think it's looking more and more like he's, you know, Philip Rivers, Jay Cutler. Kirk Cousins than he is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. We're 55 games in now. Like, I mean, I can't, like, I'm ready to say it. I don't, I think that's who he is. He's good, but not great. Mm -hmm. Like, he could be a good quarterback in this league. Nothing more. But I think he's like, but, but there's quarterbacks that you kind of believe in. 
The, I mean, how many years was Jay Cutler on the Bears? How many years was Philip Rivers with the Chargers? Like, you get they're okay. They're okay. They're decent. They're not terrible. So I don't think he's a terrible quarterback, but I certainly don't think he's a great quarterback. I think, unfortunately, the way he's playing, he's in that middle tier. And that middle tier is tough because it's, ah, uh, I kind of like him. And God, if I get rid of them, I might end up with worse because right. there's certainly that's what, worse. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's yeah. The, so it's the, it's the it's the okay. He's okay, but what are we get without him? I mean, like he's good. He can have some good games. He's decent. Like he's now it could be worse because listen, there's, there's three levels of quarterback, right? You've got your 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 first level, which is like ten great quarterbacks. Then you got your middle tier. These guys are decent. They're good. They can win you some games. They can get you in the playoffs. They ain't winning no Super Bowl with them. And then you got your bottom ten. Like these guys. Just just flat out suck. Sure. He's not in the bottom 10, but he's not in the top 10. No, but by not having him, you run the risk of having a bottom 10 guy. You run the risk of your next quarterback being Zach Wilson. Yeah. You run the next... Right, you, right. He's you run Zach the, Wilson's you, terrible. You run the risk of Kenny Pickett being your next quarterback, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it's that constant search for that. So he's... he's. I, I thought yesterday that he was this close. I'm holding my fingers about two inches apart. He was this close to having that game that we've been waiting for for a year. Because all the numbers were there, right? He threw over 300 yards. He threw for three touchdowns. He had a good completion percentage. He ran. Those interceptions were killers. They were just killers. And it robbed him of the opportunity to have that great game that he has not had for a year. Right? We have been waiting. It is now a full year since the last time we went. Oh, man. Kyler Murray was terrific yesterday. What was the hundred? T- what was the name? Uh, the hundred touchdowns? Oh, the, you had something about like the, he's the, one of the 11, well, top only 11 players I, I, have had this. So the card- Cardinals tweeted this out yesterday after the game, and I thought to myself, what a weird time to send this message out there. So after the game, Cardinals lose. Arizona Cardinals official Twitter account, keeping it 100. Kyler Murray has reached 100 career total touchdowns. Only 11 players have reached 100 touchdowns in fewer games than at K1. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. You right. know, I, took a, I guess I do because I took a screenshot of it and I'm talking about it on the you radio. You send it to me, so you must have cared a but, little but bit. It's, but it's just like, it doesn't, I took a screenshot of it because I thought, now? That's that's the message right. now? You know, you're three and five. It feels like you're hanging on by a thread to be relevant this season. You you, you haven't beaten anybody worth a darn all year. Uh, it's just, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not in the mood to celebrate Kyler Murray's 100th yeah. career touchdown. Listen, I'm, I'm really not in a celebratory frame of mind. I apologize yeah, for that. Listen, it's you know? not like Kyler Murray's going to be out of the league in a couple of years or he's Josh Rosen and he's going to be on all these different teams. He's Again, I think he's more like a, a, a Jay Cutler type quarterback. Like Chicago Bears held on to Jay Cutler forever. They held on to him for so long and he was just you know, 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 21 and 11. Like, he was just like, just good enough to not want to get rid of him. Just good enough to believe that, yeah, you know what, we, but that's the thing. Like, can you do worse? Yes. Can you do better? Yes. So you're in that, I think, and I don't know how many more games we need. Like, he's got 55 starts under his belt, somewhere like that, 50 plus starts under his belt, 54 or 55. Like, 
Uh, like, do you really need another 10 to determine or 20 to determine who he is? Well, no, but you've already given him the contract extension, so in some ways it doesn't matter. Well, but did Jay Cutler got a contract extension, so did Philip Rivers sure. got a contract extension, and they all get them. Oh, I'm They're sure. all good enough but, to get contract extensions. But it was before the argument was, do you pay him? And now that he's been paid, you're this is it. You know, this is, this is what you've got, and we'll see if he's ever anything more, but it seems like you've got a large sample size, to your point. When we come back, quote, where is Steve Kime? Close quote. That was the question asked yesterday by, well, you know who asked it. Mm. Boy, he was proud of himself yesterday. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. <laughs> Snap the ball. Murray back to pass. Throws over the middle. It is caught. And it's close to a first down at the 40. We'll see where they spot it. It was caught by Eno Benjamin. I thought Cliff called timeout. They say no. They ran the play. I think he's short of the line to gain, and it will be Minnesota ball. Jordan Hicks on the stop there. That was something that, at least in the cut-down soundbite we had, Dave Pash didn't mention. I'm sure he mentioned it on the full broadcast. It was uh, a day of vengeance for the two former Cardinals. It was. Cardinals. It was. Yeah. They had their moment. Jordan Hicks with that stop of Eno Benjamin on the fourth and four. Uh, and then, huge of course, play. it was a huge play. Three it was, solo it, tackles for him, yep, I think. Yep. It was a great play. Uh, Patrick Peterson, three passes broken up yesterday. Um, the two, the two former Cardinals were given game balls by Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell. He quote could see during the week they both had extra incentive going against yeah. their former Cardinals. Not surprised. Team. Not surprised that they did. They got the last laugh. You know, I mean, Pat Pete had a lot to say after the game, and you know, he he didn't get his two interceptions, but he played well. He played really well. He got up for that game. I wish. He would have got up for more games when he's a member of the Cardinals. <laughs> Maybe he'd still be here. Instead, you know, he he kind of quit on the team. He stopped playing hard. Those letters that were left on his chair were exactly right. He wasn't playing physical. He was shying away from contact. He was getting beat. He couldn't cover guys across the field. I mean, it didn't look very good. He's you know he's having a good year in Minnesota. Uh, he, he was a great Cardinal player, no doubt about it. He was a great Cardinal player. But those guys, yeah, they got the last laugh for sure. Yeah, they did. Um, this is Patrick Peterson with uh, Cam Cox from 12 Sports after the game. Our thanks to Cam for let us use this sound. Um, where's Steve Kime? He asked on the field after the game. Where's Steve Kime? Still running for That's what I want to talk to. Man, the man's face to face. Stop running. What do you want to tell him? I want to talk to him in the space. I don't want him to see this. I want to see him personal. Personal person. Yeah, I need to see him personal person. Stop running. Stop running. Said you was going to call me back. I just want to tell Pat that Steve was like during the warmups, he was like right there on the sideline. Pat, he was right by you. He was he was there. He right? was about like fifteen yards away from you. Like he was really really close. You guys were super close to each other. He was on the field during the warmups, and well, you were warming up. That was uh, Cam Cox. He was right there. Pat, he was right there. Uh, Patrick Peterson in the locker room after the game. By now, I imagine most Cardinal fans have heard this. I'll play it and we can react to it. I've been told a lot of things about me in the other organization. Get fan mails from the owner saying that they, I can't tackle. I'm old. I lost it. 
So I wanted to show him that. He went into great detail. Somebody was leaving emails mm-hmm. while you couldn't tackle on your chair in the locker room. And they, would, and they said, they went to the fact and say, as long as I was on the team, they wasn't going to be a season ticket holder anymore. I think his name was, his name was John H. Berry, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Any message for John H. Berry today? Yeah. You see me. You see me. Also, why would they print it out and leave it on your chair, too, right? That's, that, that was the mind-boggling thing to me. I'm like, what? What did I do to deserve this from a fan? I, you know, it's very similar. I think it's the same guy that's leaving stuff on our, our boss's chair about how I can't talk and not going to listen to the show anymore, you know? <laughs> and then my boss comes and puts it on my chair. <laughs> I think that's the same guy. He's, he's just trying to motivate you to be better. I think that's the same guy that's saying Gambo, you know, Gambo can't talk anymore. Anymore? Uh, that yeah. implies that you ever could. Yes. You know, that you ever actually had the ability to speak. Right. No, I mean, my whole complaint is it seems to me the Cardinals would have just saved the paper and forwarded the emails to Patrick Peterson, right? I mean, it's like that progressive nah, commercial. We don't, to... need, we don't need to print the internet, right? I can just send you the email here and you can read it yourself. Of course, they're trying to motivate them. Yeah. They're trying to, hey, see what they're saying about you? Go prove them wrong. And that's, look, it, it, Patrick Peterson, okay. Is that wrong to do? Um, I mean, is you, you know, like really you, like you, that's what you need to get through to the guy. What's wrong with your organization if that's what you need to get through to him? You can't. You your coaches can't motivate him enough. Yeah, your other players can't motivate him. You need John H. Barry. You need his email to get him motivated. Oh, well, keep him. I wasn't what does that saying. I wasn't defending it necessarily. I was just sort of okay. I'm thinking out loud. That might have been why they would have done it. I I do, I do think to your point. Probably is why. Why else would you do it? Yeah, that that's that that is why you would do. It if you're the Cardinals, but to your point, it it does. It seems like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel if that's what it's come to for you to try to get the best out of Patrick Peterson. Hey, psst, guys, here's what we'll do. You know these terrible emails we're getting about Patrick Peterson. Let's print them up. Let's put them on his chair during practice. I'll never Th- know where it came that'll from. That'll motivate him. That'll really piss okay, him but off. That's that'll that's, really get him going. That, that, that is kind of on the organization. That's like bringing the goat into the room and leaving it there, right? Well, the goat's taking a crap all over your oh the Robert Sarver Ryan McDonough thing. This like, stuff is so stupid, and you know, listen, he's not playing well. Bench him. You want to? You want to motivate? Bench him. Hey, you know what? Honestly, you're not going to play this week. Why? Because Jerry Goff just blocked your ass. Like you got to put a letter, like an email on a chair. It sounds so 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 childish to me. It sounds so immature to me. Look, at I don't like Pat Pete. Okay, I'm not a Pat Pete fan. Mm-hmm. I think that's ridiculous. Whoever okayed that, oh, take these emails and put them on his chair. Maybe it'll motivate him. No, you want to motivate him? Sit him down. Sit him to pull him from a game. You're not going to play this week. Why? Because you're not playing well. Is that not motivation? Guy wants to play. wants to make money. You're trying to motivate him with an email from John H. Barry? That's it. This is going to get him. He's going to read this email, and he's going to play so much better. He's going to make. He's going to be an all pro again. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, because of an email. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard email of. Email on his desk or on his Take table. the email and throw it away. Delete the email. Yeah. Send an email to John. I'm sorry that you know he's not playing up to your. You know, you know we hope that you know he's been a great player. We hope he gets back to what he like uh, something or just delete it. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I, stupid. When he told the story at the end of yesterday's game, I thought that just seems like a really stupid way to try to reach Pat. Patrick totally. Peterson. Totally. Now, that. What that doesn't do, though, is justify, or at least it doesn't make Patrick Peterson blameless in all of this. Dude, you were terrible for a couple of years. Yes. When this team was at rock bottom in the middle of the Steve Wilkes era, you quit. 
You asked out. Uh-huh. You asked for a trade. Yep. You pulled the Eric Bledsoe, I don't want to be here anymore. Get yep. me out of here. Give and me a trade. You quit on the and, and what I what I don't like about what Patrick Peterson did yesterday, and while I agree with you, the email seems kind of juvenile and stupid, and whoever's responsible for that should have to answer for that. It completely ignores Patrick Peterson's level of responsibility in all this. Dude, you sucked. You were bad. You were so bad that you were getting those emails. You were so bad by the next year the current had no intention of wanting to bring you back. Don't make it sound like you're the victim here who did everything right, did everything they were supposed to do, and you're playing at the highest level you possibly could Let play. Let the team down, got suspended. You, 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 you tested positive for PEDs. You took a masking agent to cover the fact that you were taking PEDs. I mean, it's like, come on, you dude. Got you got blocked by like, Jared Goff. And you got blocked by Jared Goff. You've got a measure of responsibility in this. But, but see, in Pat Pete's mind, he doesn't. In Pat Pete's mind, all he, he's the eight-time Pro Bowler, and he was mistreated, and he was done dirty, and he was done wrong. Now, like getting should, a letter in school, like, "Hey, Gina likes you. You want to talk to her after class?" Now, like, if on. it's if it's true that Steve Kahn didn't have any kind of a conversation with him at all when Patrick Peterson wasn't going to be a part of the organization anymore, that's on Steve. Sure. Steve needs to have a conversation. Thank with, him for everything with, that he made. Hey, I mean, dude, he just just don't yeah, don't burn it, the bridge. It's time to move on. All right, we're we're not going to bring it back. We appreciate everything you've done. You are a great cardinal. You are worth every penny. You were great for us. We were good for you. We're just ready to try something different. If that conversation never happened and Pat Pete is right, that's on Steve. That's on Steve. That that conversation, that's just that's just kind of basic level foundational type stuff. You have that brief conversation, you thank him and you move on. So I hope I hope Pat Pete's making that part up. I don't know if he is. I don't know if he isn't. But if that's true, that part is on Steve. He's got to have a conversation with, let's call it like it is. Patrick Peterson was a franchise icon for 10 years here. He's one of the best players that's ever put He's on really, a really uniform. If you decide you're not going to have him on your team, you owe the guy a phone call. You owe the guy a text. Right, you owe the guy a face-to-face conversation. I don't know whether that happened. I don't know whether that didn't. I think they Patrick were Peterson, calls, but I don't think they ever connected. Okay, Patrick Peterson is claiming it didn't. I don't, but if he's right, that's on Steven. It should have happened. That that's that's you'll defend Pat for not leaving printed emails on his chair. I agree with you. I'll defend Pat on not having that conversation with Steve. That probably should have happened. But quit acting Patrick Peterson like you've got no role in this. Like you've got no responsibility in how your time with the Cardinals came to an end. And you were this great, perfect player on your way out the door, man. Because that ignores basic history. Yeah, here's the bottom line. He played well. His team won. He's got he he had the, he's got the bragging rights. Okay? He talked the talk and then walked the walk. All week long, he played a very good football game. So he has the right to say what he wants to say right now. If they would have lost the game, probably nothing, but they won, so he had the right to say that. When we come back, Eno Benjamin, his breakout game was last week. Yesterday, it wasn't his breakout game. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go! Click! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Go, let's go, let's go. 
Uh, they've got a good front. Um, missing three of our starting offensive line makes it a little tough in there with, with their front. Um, but they did a good job running the football. I thought they had a good scheme, one of the best backs in the league, and uh, you got to tip your hat to, to their effort. That was Cliff Kingsbury after the game with Paul Calvisi on the Cardinals radio network on the rushing yard disparity last night. We talked earlier in the show about the Vikings run offense. Dalvin Cook was tremendous. Alexander Madison was really, really good. They ran for 173 yards. They picked up six yards per carry. They just gashed the Cardinals defense, especially early in that game. They got whatever they wanted. The Cardinals rushing offense after the big Eno Benjamin breakthrough and hey, Keontae Ingram looks pretty good too. 3.5 yards per carry. And it's not like, I mean, yeah, they were chasing points in that game, but they weren't chasing points the whole game. No, right? They actually like, had the lead for a, yeah, about five seconds. For, for, for at least a minute there in the third quarter, they had the lead. It was a close enough game that it didn't have that feel of, okay, we've just got to abandon the run game and start throwing yeah. it all the time. They really struggled to run the football yesterday. They did, and Minnesota's game plan was to shut them down, shut down that 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 offense, shut down the running attack, and so they did. They were able to shut down the rushing attack, and that didn't help. I mean, you know, Benjamin did not have a good game. D. D. Will did not have a good game, and and. You know, you look at you look at them, and they ran the ball extremely well. Minnesota ran the ball extremely well at 173 yards rushing. So big disparity in the two rushing attacks. Minnesota was able to run the ball successfully, and the Cardinals really struggled. Yeah, no, they. they I'm not did. sure what to think of Eno right now, though. Like, I just like, I mean. I think he's fine as a backup running back. I don't think he's a starter. I mean, it's, I don't have a lot of sample size of Eno. I just, like, what do you think of Eno? Like, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a decent backup. But I don't know that I would want Eno Benjamin to be, like, my main ball carrier. Remember, it was, what, a week ago? When we were, when somebody asked Cliff Kingsbury, is Eno Benjamin your RB1? And he's like, yeah, no, no James Conner's my RB1. Right. All right. And, and we, the next day, we're like, yeah, he needs to be the RB1. James Conner does it. We shouldn't be having this Eno Benjamin conversation. I don't know how I, how do I feel about Eno Benjamin? I, I, I feel like, I feel like the Cardinals offense now, even though it should be maybe predicated more on running the football, is so predicated on Kyler Murray and the wide receivers that it's it's like it, not that it doesn't matter, but it feels like such a small part of what they're trying to do every single week, right? Like like uh, they're going to win because Kyler has a great game. They're going to win because D Hop has a great game. They're going to win because the wide receivers have a great game. It does it, and that's a kind of a far cry from last year. It felt like last year at the start of the season they won games because their running backs were really really good and because. Their running attack was really good. I, maybe I'm remembering James it Conner wrong. had a great year. Remember, he was I, scoring touchdowns like he was going out of style. Uh, Matter of fact, I think, I mean, you play fantasy football, I don't. Was he not a high fantasy football running back guy? Yes, he was one of the top because Because he, he was a guy football. that got a lot of touchdowns last year. He got a lot of points for you. He wasn't rushing for 100 yards every game, but they loved giving him a ball in the red zone. They loved, he was a battering ram, and he was catching the ball out of the backfield. He hasn't been healthy this year. You know, to your point, right, you hate paying running backs. You hate paying running backs. So far, you know, not getting your money's worth that of James Conner. He's been banged up. He's been hurt. You know, and the other running backs are, uh, you know, guys that were undrafted or guys having a good, you know, playing well. So I like James Conner. He is their running back number one. Uh-huh. Eno, I li- like Eno's good, but I don't think that Eno's can be your regular ball carrier. I'm laughing because reason number 56 why I hate running backs. Did you see the day that Tony Pollard had yesterday for the Dallas Cowboys? He had a big day. It's like, oh my God, you're paying Ezekiel Elliott how much money and Tony Pollard just ran all over 
everybody. Yeah. All day, ran all over the Bears. Just, just had it in a month. That's why I hate paying running backs. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Now, part of it, undoubtedly, were the Cardinals' troubles on the offensive line. The whole left side of the line was somebody different. Josh Jones, who actually graded quite well at left tackle via pro football he focus. Did. He graded very well. Really good grades over there. Um, of course, Billy Price at center. We saw the snap that Kyler wasn't ready for. Uh, Cody Ford at left guard. You had a whole new, brand new left side of the offensive line. I'm going to just jump ahead a little bit okay. here yep. because this was something I was going to bring up in the 4 o'clock reset. This seems like the time to bring it up now. Cliff Kingsbury has already ruled Rodney Hudson out of this week's game against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl caliber center. Very uh, established leader, very cerebral, um, great at the mic points, doing all those things. So if you lose a piece like that, it's, it's never going to be easy to replace him. And um, So we'll see when we get him back. When do you think you're going to get him back? Uh, I would say at least this week he'll be out. Um, not sure moving forward where that'll be, but at some point in the future, I expect him back. Uh, that's not a ringing endorsement of him coming back anytime soon. No, it is not. Sometime in the future, I anticipate him coming back. Uh, I would say at least this week he'll be out. Um, not sure moving forward where that'll be, but at some point in the future, I expect him back. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's. It... I'm going to see if I can find out. With, but he, he, You see Bailey Price yesterday? No, I did. Yeah. You know who didn't see Billy Price? Kyler didn't see Billy Price. <laughs> Kyler had no idea nah. the ball from Billy Price was coming. Not not a clue. I, I mean, look, I, I didn't think it was going to be like this with Rodney Hudson. We all, but think about how much airspace you and I spent the summer talking, wishing, hoping, praying, having our voices crack about how we, we, we need Rodney Hudson back. Got to come back, Rodney Hudson. They're screwed if Rodney Hudson doesn't come back. It doesn't really feel like Rodney Hudson came back. But it makes me think, and it kind of pisses me off in a way, and I'll tell you why. Okay, like, Rondale Moore's pretty good, right? Yeah. Like, if they could, like, if they could have established Rondale Moore more last year and, you know, targeted him more and see, maybe they don't make the trade for Hollywood Brown and they draft a center. Like, maybe like, oh, man, we're going to miss Hop for six games. But, man, we got Rondell Moore, and he's great. And, like, maybe they could have done to sign a wide receiver in free agency instead of giving away your draft pick. I like Hollywood Brown. He was good. But, you know, maybe if they had just used Rondell a little bit more and, and, and saw that he could be a number two guy, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe they don't feel like they've got to go trade for Hollywood Brown. They could have used that pick on a center. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I get the frustration. And, and I... I, I I do think somewhere in the back of my mind, maybe in the front of my mind, I, I think the Cardinals should have been better prepared for this, right? I, I mean, this Rodney Hudson thing, it, it just, it, it all seemed to spring on the mandatory OTAs and Rodney Hudson's not there. Well, wait, what do you mean he's not there? Unexcused. It's, it's unexcused. An excuse or inexcused? Unexcused. Unexcused absence. The minute. Cliff Kingsbury made that announcement. You knew something was wrong. It's an unexcused absence for Rodney right. Hudson. What's wrong? He was supposed What's to be there and he wasn't there. Why is he not here? <laughs> he wasn't sure he wanted to play. Family, his knee, his health. He wasn't sure he wanted. Now you get to the point of like, man, are you really like, honest? it's a fair question. Are you going to get the best out of him if he plays? Or right. is he just looking at, I'm getting my, I don't want it because he would have had to give back money. 
If he had just retired last year, he would have owed the Cardinals money. And sometimes, you know, we've seen that happen, right? Don't forget, I don't want to pay my money. I'll come back and I'll play. But now, are you in a, a rush to get back? Are you doing everything you can to get back and play and finish strong? Or are you like, man, I got eight more weeks and I'm retired? Yeah, there, there's a fear about it's a fair that. Question. And it, it's a fair question and it's a fair comment to make. And I, I think all you're doing is speaking for Cardinal fans everywhere who are probably having the exact same thought and the exact same fear about Rodney Hudson. Like, even when he comes back, is he back? You know, and even when he's back, is it going to be back for long? Would he have been just better off retiring? Would the Cardinals have been better off? And right Because right now, I'm sure Billy Price will get better, but it was a mess yesterday, and it doesn't look like Rodney Hudson's coming along to help anytime soon. When we come back, boy, it was a busy sports weekend. There is so much going on, so much we haven't even talked about yet we'll get you caught up on everything the four o'clock reset is next on the burns and gambo show